Network Studios. In Hollywood, this, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a groovy way of relaxing. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. Hey, what's up, Geekscape? It's welcome to a brand new Geekscape, and uh, we've got quite the show for you guys. I've got two guests in the studio with me. If you're new to Geekscape, we're going to be talking movies, video games, comic books, TV, whatever's big in, in the geek scene. We're going to be talking about that. Welcome to Geekscape. You're a Toad Hop listener, not a regular Geekscape listener. I'm glad to have you aboard. Let's explore this crap together. Uh, my guests uh, have a movie opening this weekend. It's opening in L.A. and New York. It's got, uh, who's in this movie? David Cross, Julia Stiles, America Ferrara. We've got the director over here, Todd Berger, and star Jeff Grace. And uh, Jeff, we've been friends for a couple of years, and I was trying to remember how we met. Roman Bathhouse didn't really like it, strike a nerve, but it uh, wasn't a Roman Bathhouse, as I remember. I believe Moroccan you, phone well, party. Moroccan phone party. Did we meet through well Kevin Brennan? We did not meet through Kevin Brennan. It was a coincidence. That That's right. You, that Kevin, oh, Kevin I know. Was I, I auditioned for you, and you didn't cast me. I, I auditioned Ooh. both you and Kevin. The project didn't happen. It this it did uh, was the Ninja Project. <laughs> Holy sh! It did happen. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I will not say. I, I watch it every yeah. day. Yeah, don't just, tell me. See, <laughs> I just get so angry. You know, Jeff. I, I you're want, very nice. You called me and said I, 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 I want I wanted to cast you, but I just oh, I don't know. I was like, well, thanks, did I really thanks call? For the, did yeah, I really yeah, call, like, thanks for the phone wait, call. Did I really call you about that? You did. Are you or you? Because I mean, we're, we're friends. I want you to. I, I, I'm still looking for something for you. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. No, it was sincere. It felt sincere. It was sincere. Yeah. I think you're intensely talented. Like, I, I really oh, think you're talented. Like, like, I've auditioned you a couple times. The second time I auditioned you, it, that project didn't happen. But, um, but uh, <laughs> Don't keep reminding me of all my failures. <laughs> no, no, no. no. We will su- <laughs> when, when, when we succeed, we will succeed together. Not to say that you will not be, be succeeding at the box office this weekend. The indie box office. You guys have a movie called It's a Disaster coming yep. out this weekend. Todd wrote and directed it. I'm saying you're the star of it, even though it's got David okay. Cross. There's and, bigger names and, for sure. No, no, no. Uh, maybe Kevin Brennan, maybe. Yeah. Um, and wait, how did we meet? It wasn't you auditioning for me. No. Sooner or later, we're going to talk about the movie. We'll but, figure it out. But this was this was literally bothering me this it morning because New have, York Film Academy. No, I have a near steel trap memory, and I only say near because it sounds like this part's corroded. My yeah, my memory is like that of an Alzheimer's. <laughs> so it's not going to come from you if anything no. comes to us. Okay. I can't um, remember what I did last night. All right. Well, um, Todd, tell tell us a little bit about the movie. Obviously, we're Geekscape, so it's movies, video games, and comics, and we got the geeks interested in it. Um, it's a disaster. Sounds like we're into post-apocalyptic movies to begin with. What I want to hear about? more about how you guys met, actually. <laughs> I do not. Like, I, let's not revisit that ever again. Uh, yeah, no, it's a comedy called It's a Disaster. It's about a, a bunch of people who get together for their uh, monthly Sunday brunch. A bunch of couples get together. There are eight characters. And everything seems to be going as normal, as if we're in a Woody Allen-type brunch Mm -hmm. uh, movie. And then there's a horrible, horrible disaster outside in in the downtown of their city. And they're forced to stay inside, duct tape up the windows, close the air vents, and deal with it. Is it wrong that on Facebook... To get the geeks gave us into it, I described it as the big chill meets um, quarantine. Oh, I like that. Okay, is that all right? Yeah, yeah. Because sure. if you guys look at the, if you go and Google this, uh, it's a disaster trailer, uh, and the idea is, like you said, but I think you're selling it a little short. Like, I, like there's humor in it, there's a, there's a discomfort in it. You guys know what I'm talking about as geeks. Uh, you get invited to uh, a brunch. Like, who wants to go to a brunch? Like, I keep mean, in mind, our, our culture, we want to sit around, you know, we want to, how do you want to spend a Saturday or Sunday? You want to spend a Saturday or Sunday playing a video game, reading a comic book, watching a sporting event, maybe going out and doing something. You don't want to be dragged into a place where you have to act, play nice. Exactly. Like, that's uh, uncomfortable. Was there, a, was there a real basis for this story? Oh, I really don't like couples events in general. <laughs> uh, Are you serious? I don't like brunches. Yeah, it's just, 
Well, especially couples events are still. It's like let's ostracize anyone who's single, and even if they hear about the event, they're not invited. Right. But um, you're married. I am married. And once, well, my distaste for such events became well known. I'm not invited to these things anymore. Even uh, though you are a couple, even though you yeah, qualify, yeah. they're like, no thanks. It happens. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I kind of dislike in the whole like brunch culture of the, like, I don't know the the whole Silver Lake, you know, kind of let's eat at French restaurants because it sounds cool. Brunch culture. Let's get fine cheeses and wine. I don't know. I would rather have a PBR. <laughs> And play Red Dead Redemption like on a Saturday, Sunday morning. Then and drag around and play nice with people you literally just met for exactly, five minutes over yeah. crap you don't want to be eating. And when you get there, it, whether it's even a brunch or a, a birthday dinner, if you get, I don't know if people realize how important important it is where you sit at the table. What? Like, uh, obviously, I don't get invited to these things either. So let's say you're invited to a birthday dinner and okay. you show up and like, oh, I only know one person. I know the person whose birthday it is. They're all the way at the other end of the table. Yes. And now there's all these people I don't know that I'm going to be stuck sitting next to for the next 90 minutes to two hours. And acting interested. Yes. What is the ratio on you ever having actually being like being interested in somebody at those things? It's very low. Oh, very. I would say, yeah, uh, yeah five to one. There are a couple of people that, we, that that are just death. Like I, I'm not going to name names because I will destroy my little social structure mm-hmm. to begin with. But I go to these events and... Like, you get stuck with some of these people, and you know them. They yeah. think that you like them because you've done a really good job of feigning interest. And they're like, oh, hey, they wave at you at the win- through the window when you walk, when they see you coming. And it's like, okay, so nobody else has been talking to this guy because <laughs> he's the leper that he is. Right. He sees me through the window. He waves enthusiastically because now he has a freaking branch to cling to. I come in, and I know I'm the guy who's going to get stuck with right. him in the leper colony for two hours. Yep. And it sucks. Every now and then, maybe you find some guy who... Who's interesting, but you'll never talk to him again. Maybe you'll friend him on Facebook, and then you'll be like, "Wait, who the fuck is that guy?" Like a year later, you'll be like, "Huh? Yeah, who well, is this guy?" Never, oh, he's the guy that I met. Oh. I never understand why the the person having the birthday at a birthday dinner, you should really sit at the center of the table, right? right. Like, like, like that monkey like in Jesus Faces in the of Death. Summer. Exactly. You ever see Faces of Death? A long time ago. Remember Faces of Death, Kenny? <laughs> yeah. And there was a uh, Kenny. I don't uh, Kenny monkey, Craig. Though. Okay, so in Faces <laughs> of Death, remember that those, those were like snuff movies yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a barber shop where they would be watching Faces. of death like the barbers that's not even legal that's like a work environment so faces of death it's crazy Faces of Death. We used to go to our, our neighbor Robbie Donathan's house, and we used to watch Faces of Death. Why is it always a neighbor you see it at? Because 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 our parents were good parents, right. and his parents were shit parents, and so we'd go over there, and his parents were paying attention, and they'd be like, "Oh, we ready to do this thing? It looks like an action movie." <laughs> no, it's a collection of snuff movies. Like this is the worst parts of YouTube on VHS back in the eighties. And but, there was what? There was one stage. Some of it. <laughs> yes, well, that yes, was always back yes. on. Like most yes. of them were. Yes, like, a lot of them were staged, like the electric chair where the dude's eyes start melting out from under the duct tape they <laughs> put I, under I, his I, eyes. I was at an age young enough to not. I mean, I only now reflect back on it, going that couldn't have been real. <laughs> but at the time, but at the time, I because like you would also there'd be like a random assassination <laughs> that wasn't like that looked like it was real, but it was just from some Thai action. Yeah, movie. you'd be like this some like political <laughs> leader being like da 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 da. Then be like they'd be like ah ah. <laughs> Head explodes. And no, what do you mean that exciting? It was just like oh, that guy just died, or like people falling off buildings and. So I remember this clip. It was one of the only faces of death clips I ever remember, and it was a bunch of rich dudes. Like and they were in some like third world country somewhere in the South Pacific, and they're all gathered on this table that is two sections with a little like opening in the middle, and they bring a freaking monkey out like on a, like in a, like in a cage that opens at the top, and they bring the monkey out and they put it in the center of these tables and then they close the table down around its head. Right, the, the monkey can't pull its head back through, and the, and, and the monkey's freaking out. The monkey's like spinning, sitting there, like freaking out. A these, real monkey, as you would. It was real at the time. I, maybe not the close-ups of like. It was real to you. They open up the freaking monkey's skull and they start eating his brains, like like. Why is alive? I don't know. I mean, I, I'd what have do you to, think about I'd it? Have, you could have. Op- I'd have to open, Netflix it again. <laughs> when, you have, when you have brain surgery, you're awake. No, I. I okay, I'd I, have to Netflix it, but they were eating the freaking thing's brain. And wait, I think faces maybe, of death is now on Netflix. I don't know. I'm being facetious. There's no way that thing's on Netflix. It's definitely on Redbox though. I so would, if you can get it outside of a 7-Eleven, it's on Redbox. I was thinking the birthday guy should be in that little monkey hole. Oh, I see. At his birthday, so just, the birthday guy should just be a head, and you have to feed him. You have to do all these things, and, and he's a captive because you're a captive. So okay. take that. 
birthday guy. So once I went to my my wife's family's from Taiwan, from Taipei, and when did I just get, fucking say some racist shit? And yeah. told you? Is that no, what you're no, just no, saying? I'm just segue. Okay. I mean, I think and, it's a little racist against monkeys. And we we <laughs> went to uh, when we got engaged. We went to Taipei and we met her family, and they took us to the nicest seafood restaurant in all of Taipei, and we okay. had a private room in the back. And the way it would work is the the wait staff would come out and show you. Uh, it was a lot of sushi, right? So they'd come out and show you the fish, like full fish. And you'd be like, ooh, ah. Then they would disappear for a moment, and then they would return with it cut cook. up into sashimi. Okay. It would be raw. Raw, raw. Yeah. Or they would cook some food. Sure, sure. So they show up with a lobster, like a, a live lobster that's like, you know, moving its little claws. <laughs> oh, and no. they show it off, and everybody's like, ooh, ah. And then they, they, they leave, and then they return a moment later. And they've ripped the tail off the lobster and taken the meat out for sashimi, like lo- raw lobster sashimi. But the lobster is still alive. So the lobster's had Ugh. its tail ripped off, and it's sitting on the platter next to its own meat, just like in the throes of death. What? And every- That's like when Ray Liotta eats his own brain right. in yeah. a crap Hannibal and, movie. And everyone, uh, not any of us, but some people at the table, were taking their chopsticks and taking the raw lobster meat and then, like, pretending to feed it back to the lobster. Get out of here. And, like... It was like, ha, 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 like, I have this dominance over you, animal creature. And it was one of the most bizarre things ever. See, that's, what, that, that, that's, that's why we get all patriotic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sorry, but, like, somebody, somebody's hearing this in, like, a red state somewhere. And I'm like, yep, that's right. That's why we should have nuked them. Yep. You can't be, can't be going around acting like that. It's a bunch of savagery. You know, the Stone Cold Steve Austin fans that sometimes oh, call right, the show because yes. they get the, the, the times confused when he's on the air. Is Yo, he on this network? He, he, he records out of this very studio. You don't, you don't, Cold Steve you don't smell the, the muscle? The musk. The musk? The musk? I did that's feel kick-ass. Sort of that's whoop-ass. <laughs> that's whoop-ass you're smelling. I do. I like it. He actually called the show two weeks ago and, and gave us an exclusive from the Gremlins 3 set. <laughs> There's a Gremlins 3 being made. Wait, what? Uh, I'm if sorry, there is, yep. Stone Cold Steve Austin claims to have been in it. Wow. Yep. That's a Geekscape exclusive for you guys. Like it's a, on a, the project's in good good footing, then. Uh, it sounds like it's an awesome footing, is and, what you're saying. <laughs> and he's playing the voice of Gizmo, right? Uh, he said he, he said the producers at times were going to allow him to uh, voice a couple of them little gremlins, as he said it. He goes, yeah, I get to do a couple of them little gremlins. Wow. He was a caller. I mean, it wasn't face-to-face. Uh, the man claimed to be Stone Cold and claimed to be amazing. on the set of Gremlins 3, and I claimed to be extremely excited by that prospect. Mm, that's breaking news. So, we've talked about the discomfort of... Brunches, get-togethers, etc. Um, you're at this thing, and here's the scenario for It's a Disaster. You got David Cross, Julia Stiles. He's the guy none of the other couples have met. Right, correct. He's the new guy. He's on his third date with this girl. She's decided for the third date I'm going to bring him to meet all of my friends at one time. Way too early. Yeah, way too early. And all at once, all these people know each other. They all have in-jokes and have gone back years and years. And he, so clearly he's very uncomfortable in this situation. And um, and then once the bombs drop, that he's he's it gets even more awkward. And no, no, no go uh, for it. And uh, Jeff plays a character named Shane, who <laughs> who is kind of the. It's funny. Sorry, that name is funny. And all these people are kind of these weird people that uh, Julia's character is friends with. But one of them, uh, who's played by Jeff, is, is named Shane, and he's kind of the pop culture obsessed comic book uh, fan who spends the first act of the movie on his cell phone trying to uh, on eBay trying to get a copy of X- Uncanny X-Men 121 first appearance of Alpha Flight and then he's the first person to notice that they've lost cell signal and that's the first yeah I'm trying to bid on my cell phone or my smartphone to because it's it's being listed as $5 which is right. a great price for Amazing. Alpha Flight well, 121 is it? In mint? No, it's X-Men 121 X-Men 121 first appearance of Alpha Flight right uh, which is based on an actual comic book that I found at a garage sale when I was a child now you, now you, you found a, this one you yeah, found oh, this yeah. X-Men 121 I, I was like X-Men 121 from like 1978 or whatever <laughs> First appearance of Alpha Flight. I wildly overestimated the popularity of Alpha Flight. What? Yeah, yeah I would say so. Well, everyone's had that experience too, of trying to sell your comic books back. Oh, yeah, yeah, Spawn One. Yeah, you're like, oh, people I, are still doing that. I got a lot of Spawn Ones. Everybody has a ton of Spawn, Spawn Ones because they effed up and they made like a million of them. Right, and they're and they'll, they'll, but they'll still be listed for like twenty five dollars on like what is it? It's like the what was the buying guide? Overstreet. Overstreet Over buying yeah. guide. And you, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna bring my 500. You know, I, I think I had over like 2,000 comics. I still have them in my mom's attic or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, which every time I go back, she's like, "Would you just go through those?" It's like, no, 
not going to spend my vacation going through my old comics. Everybody for listening to this right now is like, why wouldn't you spend your vacation going through that? <laughs> including <laughs> including, like including your host. Well, I'll tell you what I did. I did once go take about two hours and just quickly go through and That's pull everything time. out that I thought was maybe moderately valuable. I don't recall that you spending those two hours on the phone with me to check. <laughs> I, I didn't. But the... Uh, but yeah, so that's the uh, that's so it's always disappointing then when you go to sell your comics to a comic book shop and they're like, uh, I'll give you like three bucks for the whole. I box. don't see why you would sell them. Well, you would you would you sell your children when you have them? I would depends what the price is really, you know. You know what? He's got a good point. Yeah, he's got a good point. They're the Alpha equal. Flight jokes. We had a screening in Edmonton, Canada. Uh, Are you Edmonton serious? Film yeah. Festival and the Alpha Flight jokes went over really big because they may love alpha flight oh, over there oh, yeah no they love like it. alpha flight think? might be something that's like a, a part of national pride like oh, it's, yeah. it's probably it's probably it's probably we have canadian listeners canadian listeners if you guys can call up uh let us know has alpha flight been integrated into any of like the the maybe the national anthem or anything like that so. i would think one that of the, the alpha flight members just i believe came out I think, I think it was yeah, North, North Star. Star. Yeah, no, yeah, North Star yeah. came out a while ago. Oh, but he got married, right? He recently got married. Right. So right. Gay marriage is legal in the Marvel Oh, so North because North Star was originally his wife was also the sister. Oh, his sister. sister. Yeah. yeah. My my memory of Alpha Flight is not what I thought <laughs> I was. I just I just love the box and Puck were my two favorite characters. Well, next time you visit, when are you going to visit your mom next? Uh, we'll be in like this summer. Okay, re-education. Yeah. I'll, I'll, go, yeah. I'll call you and see what's there. I'll be on my phone and be like, "Hey, I have 500 Spider-Mans to go through. You ready?" Yeah, and it's all it's all the Tom McFar- Tom McFarlane, McFarlane, McFarlane. Uh-huh. Jeez, I'm really getting picked apart here. Nope. No, no, the phone I mean, calls. I thought I had some comic book knowledge, but I came the, and wait for the phone calls to start. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we actually were getting phone calls earlier, but if you guys if we didn't pick up, call back. Um, so so you're you're playing this geek, and, and let's say mm. see when you watch the trailer, you guys did something really smart. You had a cast. You kept it in one location. It was economic. It was an indie movie, but you guys played towards its strength. Mm-hmm. These guys are all comedians. You guys have been comedians for years. You guys are kind of in a troupe, right? Mm-hmm. Scenesters. You guys are a troupe. Mm-hmm. And um, you guys can look them up online. Go ahead and Google Scenesters. The Vacationeers. The Vacationeers. Scenesters is your first film. Right. right. Todd but directed. The, you guys are the Vacationeers. Yes. Um, and so you guys are like, all right, well, let's add a couple more parts to this ensemble that, we, that we're a part mm-hmm. of, and let's make a movie all in one place. From the, from the trailer, it looks like the dirty bombs that are affecting outside of uh, that party in, like, Los Angeles might be a ruse, might be fake or something. But then the people start showing up in hazmat suits. And it's like, oh, shit. Now these bunch of knuckleheads hanging out together might be in way too deep. Right. And uh, you, I'm guessing, are the one, since you explore vigilantism in your comic books so much you're probably mm-hmm. the one who's probably the most well equipped for this right wouldn't you think well he thinks he is the most well equipped because he's read through you know comic books from his favorite movies you know right. he thinks he's now gonna be you know it's like he thinks he's now in the episode of walking dead and he gets to like, you know when <laughs> do we get the crossbows? when do we get you know you know he feels like he's got like he's got a leg up on everyone it's like if it's a zombie attack you know, because what happens is the, the the movie sort of is smart, and then it kind of reveals maybe it's thirty bombs. We don't know. Right. It, there's just a lot of you know, like in any kind of event like that, the first few hours of news are a little, there's there's false reports. There's and so you're sort of in that space uh, of not having accurate information, and then no information because the power goes out. Um, they can't find the radio. But you use that that period of confusion to become the authority. As I think all us he tries. like know-it-all no nerds one... would actually do. Like we absolutely would be know-it-all nerds and be like, "No wait, I read about this on Reddit." Well, we he, have he, to he, make an Archimedes <laughs> screw to get fresh water. He immediately starts sizing up who's use, who will be useful. Right. Like, <laughs> well, we would do a, that. She's yeah. a doctor, so we need to keep her around. Mm-hmm. This guy's good, probably good with a rifle, so we're going to need him later. These other people, I don't so know sure. if we're going to need them. Yeah, so we, we're we should start have... calling them food now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenny, we've talked about this, you and I. What? The uh, strapping uh, weapons to your wheelchair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we've talked about just using you as like a, a, a straight-up weapon. Yeah, if shit went down, I would be, like, the barricade breaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you been doing that? Have you been looking, like, on eBay, like, before they start doing background checks for firearms? Like, have you thought about maybe investing a little um, bit? I probably should. Um, I don't know. Do you think they could probably they would still sell me a firearm even though I can't pull the trigger? I think you, I, I think, think it's good. I think yeah. especially because you anyone. can't pull the trigger. Yeah. There's uh-huh. people that will be angry that you just asked that. Yeah. <laughs> There's you'll probably get a firearm at your door donated by the NRA just to say, "Hey, Kenny, listen, everyone should have a gun." I will install the firearm on the side of your uh, wheelchair myself. Not right. only that, I will install the string mechanism, the spring mechanism attached to your arm where all you have to do 
is literally like go yeah, and then all of a sudden <laughs> like a wall's missing or like a bunch of people are dead. Uh, I will. I mean, you're gonna be my favorite little weapon. Because here's the thing. We can use you as a weapon. We can use you as a barricade breaker. We can also use you as a vehicle. And I make people feel better about themselves. You're kind of like Optimus Prime. <laughs> you're, like, you're a lot like Optimus Prime, actually. Uh, you're a lot like Optimus Prime. That's what I thought when I first met you a minute ago. I didn't want to say anything. I, I'm I like, like the Transmorphers form, <laughs> form of Optimus Prime. The, 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 like the really horrible C movie. Maybe, maybe you're a rock lord. Maybe you're a rock lord. I don't know yet. We're well, still we figuring had a conversation the other night about... The timing and origins of the GoBots versus Transformers versus Voltron versus Mask. Okay, so here's where I think I'm going to lay those in order. And I think it's a worthy conversation. And you let me know, because I'm guessing you researched this and found out the answers, right? We actually were like in that kind of like had enough drinks in us where no one was really researching. I thought I Googled uh, it because the argument you, was, which was first Transformers oh, GoBots. GoBots. Yeah, I had argued that okay. GoBots was the predecessor of Transformers. Okay, this is where I'm Transformers lay, is obviously more successful. I'm going to lay all four out. Okay. Voltron. Number one. Jeremy, earliest. Yeah. Transformers. GoBots as a ripoff. And then Mask as a ripoff combination of both G.I. Joe and Transformers. You're, I think you're partly correct. I think, well... We just GoBots was first. That's what we figured. Out. You guys first, found out that GoBots was first. was way more successful. GoBots were made of metal and were like quality product. Okay, and you could use them like, as a weapon. We're gonna hook you over a couple GoBots. Cheap plastic ripoff of GoBots um, that ended up being way right, more successful because they had the cartoon going at the same time. Yeah, the cartoon was really just what took it over the top. And GoBots then came out with a, I think a pretty. I remember these things. Right again, fog the fog of childhood. Um, I believe there was a Go GoBots cartoon as well. Okay, well listen, we got a phone caller. Okay. Maybe that phone call is going to illuminate the answers for Maybe all of us. Maybe it's one of the casts of GoBots. Could, it could be a Canadian who's going to sing the uh, Alpha Flight National Anthem. It's Bumblebee. <laughs> all right. Geekscape, you are on the air. Hey, it's Andy. Um, What's up, Andy? I've got, um, I was wondering what it was like uh, for those two, because I saw the trailer, and it looks actually pretty interesting. Um, like, says a lot about your show. Actually, this actually seems right interesting. Andy, uh, we couldn't hear you. Jeff was making a joke about us. Can you? Um, I think we have but, a GoBot calling. <laughs> all right. Um, I was wondering who came up with the idea for the film. Like, oh, who was the writer on the project? I, I wrote the movie, and I directed it, and it all came from the origin story of the movie is that I was reading an article about Night of the Living Dead, the original mm -hmm. George Romero, 1960s movie, zombie movie, and it's public domain because they forgot yes. to renew the copyright. So you can do anything you want with Night of the Living Dead. So I thought it would be really funny to take Night of the Living Dead, keep all of the zombie footage, and then shoot a bunch of new footage uh, to replace all the people with new actors. Shoot it in black and white on film. And instead make a brand new movie uh, about a bunch of couples that get together for game night in 1968. And then there's a zombie attack. Uh, then I watched Night of the Living Dead again, and I was like, wow, this would be really hard to do. This would be really it's difficult. It's a pretty awesome movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I abandoned the idea because I didn't want to have to fake 1960s, 16-millimeter footage. But at this point, I still like the concept of a bunch of people trapped in a house together and something horrible happens outside. And so I just switched it to a Red Dawn-type invasion uh, instead or Dirty Bomb terrorist attack. You don't really know. You'll have to see the movie, what's, what's happening outside. Right. And it all kind of originated from there. But you say you wrote it. Uh, you guys, as I said earlier, are this vacationers troupe. How much of improv was there? There's a lot. There's a. I mean, you know, I wrote the first draft, and then you know, Jeff and Kevin from the vacationers are also producers, so they mm -hmm. give you know creative input in the in, in the rewriting process. And then once we cast it, everyone kind of has ideas. You know, all the actors have some some ideas. And I was rewriting even while we were shooting. And then during the actual shoot, we only had 14 days to shoot the entire movie wow. in one location for 12 hours a day. We had 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So in some of the bigger scenes, you know, I, in the big uh, dinner table scenes, I really wanted them to all seem like friends and friends talk over each other and step, you know, and joke around. So I wanted a lot of improv. I wanted the actors, you know, interrupting each other's lines so they seem like real people. But in the more of the two-person scenes, when it's just two people talking, it was pretty much you know ninety-nine percent how it was scripted. And if there was any improv, it was done in rehearsal, and then we decided to keep it or not. Yeah. Because if an, we had like five-minute-long takes, and if someone did an improv at the very end that didn't work, you just ruined our entire 
take. Right. So uh, so I kind of put a kibosh on on that very quickly because but everyone knew like we don't have time to screw around. We got fourteen days. To I, think, I think the first like t- scene we all I think the first scene we shot was some of the the dinner table scenes. Yeah. And I think you were like, yeah, feel free to like. Throw in some stuff, improvise, and I think we did like one take. And Todd's like, "Let's just stick to the script." We'll <laughs> your, your, your sound guys gonna be like, uh, "This is gonna be, oh, a, this no, is gonna be a, not happy. They're gonna, this is gonna be a bitch to edit. Yeah, like this is gonna be happy. awful editing this. Yeah, you know. And you guys are shooting one or two cameras? We shot two cameras, mostly two cameras, right. two aerial, which makes it a little bit easier to edit because yeah. at yeah. least you got the coverage and you can fake some of it. But it would take in forever with one camera. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, listen, Andy, thanks for calling, brother. Yeah, thanks for calling. Miss you. All right. Um. So one, two cameras, fourteen days. That does sound like. Who was the sweatiest? Because I'm oh, guessing that house got pretty trashed. We shot in the hottest weeks of the year. It was the beginning of September. We shot on like literally the hottest day in the history of Los Angeles. Who smelled the worst? I think you know. I think it was just kind of a general funk. Sort like of all you guys <laughs> smelled like fucking Comic Con after. But a while. it became socially acceptable because like I grew up in New Orleans, right? Yeah, and okay. for three months of the year, it is socially acceptable to just be sweaty. Right. And no matter, like at a business meeting, uh, you go to a court, like people are sweaty. So, uh, but here it's like weird if someone shows up sweaty. I saw you guys at San Diego Comic Con last year, right? Yeah. You guys went and like uh, showed the thing. And we came um, by the Geekscape the, booth. You guys came by the Geekscape booth. And we welcome you guys to come back again this year. Um, so at WonderCon, I found something out from our writer, Eric Diaz. He, he was telling us that there's this thing at Con called Shoulder Sync. And what it is, is uh, you see all the cosplayers, if they're wearing the same costumes, like all three days. By Sunday, the shoulders on their costumes start getting discolored, <laughs> and it's from all the fucking fans who come around and put their shoulders around oh, them my goodness. to take photos, and they're sweating into their costumes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the nastiest thing ever, oh. and it is, it's something that's going on in the con community, in Geekscape, so I'm telling you this, we got to put an end to it. Yeah. we got to bring it upon ourselves to be the, the leaders here and put an end to it. If you guys see a cosplayer at San Diego this summer... They don't want your nasty shoulder and sweaty armpits draped all over them, okay? It might be cool on preview night on Wednesday, but they've got a whole like weekend to get through. And it's not about you putting your arm around them and looking cool on Facebook when you post that pic. Think about all those assholes afterwards who are just going to take your sweat and compound it for the next four days. Don't start that, okay, guys? I'm telling you guys, serious, that shoulder stink, it is a con epidemic, and we can stop it. Right okay. here, right now. You should probably make a PSA we should. about this. Well, you guys are the ones who make some hilarious web PSAs. Right, we'll I think maybe that's that. what we do. We do a, a con exclusive PSA. When you were saying con, once I was like, you're not talking about like Ratha Con. I now realize you're talking about Comic Con. You, I, you invited this guy? Oh, my goodness. I'm you so invited this guy? right now. Uh, guys, we're going to take a spot break. We'll be right back <laughs> with the further education of our good buddy over here. The movie opens in three theaters this weekend, and it's going to expand. We'll be right back. We will educate you. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. What's up, Toadheads? Hey, make sure you check out the Toad Hop store on ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a great way to support the network and helps continue to bring you quality programming. Quality programming, my ass. Can you see I'm recording, you To leave your house to shop, to crawl through traffic to the mall. Just to find the thing you wanted. Isn't even there at all. Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home with style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's free. Books on tape. Games galore. Everything you're looking for. Kindle. Cameras. Electronics. Baby Einstein. Hooked on phonics. Blu-ray. Movies. And TV. Download. Music. MP3. Pixar. Disney. Microphones. Pet supplies and doggy bones. World of Warcraft. Nancy Drew. Sims. The Scruffs. Ishtim too. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping's even free. Does your car smell like you need scent bomb? Does your house smell like get some scent bomb? Does the bathroom smell like get some scent bomb? Go to GetSomeScentBomb.com today for the best air freshener you've ever tried. We are so confident that you will love Scent Bomb that we're giving away a free bottle to the next 12 customers to type in the promo code RADIO at checkout. If you're tired of weak air fresheners, try Scent Bomb. Scent Bomb is a concentrated air freshener, so all you need is just a couple of sprays and the smell will last for days. That's right, you spray it today and you still smell it tomorrow. 
we guarantee that it's the best air freshener you've ever tried. So go to GetSomeScentBomb.com and enter the promo code RADIO at checkout to get your free bottle today. There's nearly 100 fragrances to choose from. So go to GetSomeScentBomb.com. That's GetSomeScentBomb.com. Hey, Toad Hop listeners, this is Josh. And this is Ross. From the Josh and Ross Radio show. Radio program. It's on live every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 Pacific time. And I, what would you say this show's about, Ross? Well, I think it's, you know, two male perspectives. Very strong male strong perspectives. Strong male yep. perspectives. I come from one point of view, and you come from the, the, the complete opposite, opposite. end. Yep. And somehow we meet in the middle. We also give advice to the callers in a segment we call He Said. He Said. If you didn't listen to it on Tuesday, if you missed it, go back and Watch the show on ToadHubNetwork.com or download the audio from iTunes. And while you're there, subscribe, leave a comment, and rate the show. That is just our way us saying, get into the show, bitches. Hey, but look at Now, just behave a little bit. That's about as behaved as I get. But no need to call anyone a bitch. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. $8.95 to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Hey, Geekscapists, we're back with Jeff Grace and Todd Berger. They've got a movie called It's a Disaster. It's coming out this weekend. If you're in Los Angeles, you can catch it at the Los Feliz 3. Those of you in New York, we got New York Geekscapists. you got two chances. It's in Village East on Manhattan, and then it's also playing in Brooklyn at the Nighthawk. So you get three chances if you live in the big cities, to catch it. Uh, I think I'm going to check it out at the Los Feliz 3 maybe tomorrow. Yeah, yeah maybe I'll go do. see it with you guys There's on Saturday. There's multiple showings. So you the, there there were press see. screenings, and I didn't go to the press screenings. The press screenings are always when you're doing other things. And mm. I'm like, and I actually like going to see movies like matinee early yeah. when people are on the phones or not a lot of people there, and you're just kind of chilling. And, and you can get some snacks. I don't like going to those press screenings ever. There's no popcorn. Yeah, you can't have snacks. What fun is that? Can't stand them, so uh, sometimes I send the other writers just because I need my popcorn. <laughs> uh, let's take a, another quick caller, and then we'll continue uh, the education of Mr. Grace over here. Uh, mm. Geekscape, you are on the air. Hey, John, it's Matt. Hey, Matt Kelly in Pennsylvania. How are you, brother? I'm doing all right. I was trying to call earlier because, I mean, you were talking about my bosom by the fucking Faces of Death movies. <laughs> you like the Faces of Death? Somebody on, uh, I, was check, I was checking the I comments. You shut the fuck up. I, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> hey, 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 I was, I was checking the comments at the break. <laughs> And uh, and uh, somebody was like, I don't know what they're talking about, but it's awesome. <laughs> uh, Matt, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell at you. It might have been that cause. No, that, 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 no I, I actually saw it on Netflix. Wait, like, you saw it? Faces of Death? I don't have it anymore. Oh, wow. So when Netflix first started out and would basically take anything, they were showing Faces of Death. Here's my, propo- here, here's my proposal. Streaming or DVD? It's got to be DVD. <laughs> Here's my proposal, Matt. Yeah, this, it, it, Matt this is what I'm going to do. We're going to stream it. So, Matt, Matt, this is what I'm thinking, okay? Netflix, they think they're hot right now, right? They got House of Cards. They got Hemlock Grove. They got all these exclusives, you know, uh, binge-viewing movies that are originals or these series that are originals. Obviously, they're going to, you know, bring bring a couple of these things. I think they should do a Face of Death, like, original. Like, they should just, like, come on, man. They, they keep making this highbrow stuff. You know, Faces Joe, of Death, Joe Francis. Joe Francis, king of the Girls Gone Wild Empire. My doppelganger? Yeah. Uh, he, you guys do look alike. He originated, he, that all came from, he started banned from television, which was like, oh, yeah. like people getting hit by trains. And, it was like bum fights. Yeah, it's like dashboard. <laughs> and then he transitioned over to Girls Gone Wild because it was more profitable. But I think it's maybe a time. For the return, maybe he could have his own sort of. Netflix. He just declared bankruptcy. Yeah, he's did like, he really? He's like wanted in several states. There's like lots of problems. I was about to say, you know, a lot of angry fathers. Lo- looking a little bit like Joe Francis uh, used to have its pluses because I would just have these random coeds run up to me and just start lifting their shirts. <laughs> but now I, I've I've had like cars pull up. I look inside and what appear to be feds are staring at me and then they peel served. off. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I didn't know what was going on. And that, or I sometimes have Johnny from the Karate Kid come and try and fight me every now and then. So it, it's hard being being uh, confused for people. Nobody ever actually recognizes me as Jonathan from Geekscape. Uh, Matt, how are you doing, brother? Matt Matt Kelly used to live out here in L.A. He used to be uh, part of the Geekscape crew on the show. Um, are you surviving out there? It's been a while since we heard from you. Um, you know what? I take that back. You actually posted an article this morning. You posted the 
10 uh, year anniversary of House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, 10, 10 whole years. Why did you. Where, where is he now? It took 10 years to get it out, and then they <laughs> now it's been 10 years that it's been out. So it literally took them 10 years for Rob Zombie to put that damn movie out? I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I've seen the I movie, but I didn't know it was some drama. They were making that movie in like '99. Wow. And then he made it, and the studio was like, "Oh no, this is NC-17 all the way," and they just wouldn't put it out. And he had to eventually buy the rights back and sell it to somebody else to get it released. Wow. Get released. Hey guys, interesting content on the Geekscape.net site, including Matt Kelly's House of a Thousand Corpses" article. We also interviewed Danny Boyle recently. Our Annie, our writer Annie Ali Hanley. Uh, interviewed him, and uh, we have an article up uh, from Paul Presley in Texas that was like, "Is the Evil Dead really that scary?" So, if you guys want to read those articles, they're up on the site. We got an awesome crack team of Geekscape journalists putting out content for you guys. While I'm just sitting here talking trash over here on the show, uh, Matt, thanks for calling, brother. I did, uh, well, I did want to tell you, I, uh, I launched a website for my charity organization. For your charity? Uh, I do a charity event once a month. Oh. Cords for Cures. Oh, okay. When you started saying you launched a website for your charity, I was like, okay, so you got a dating profile. Oh. <laughs> no, we already talked about that last time I called. You did. Um, so, Matt, tell me about your charity real quick. Uh, it's called Cords for Cures. Uh, it's more so, I mean, obviously it's very centralized because it's concerts, but we do a monthly concert, 100% uh, of the proceeds at the door, go to a different children's charity every month. Uh, we've got a show in two weeks where the money is going to Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Middlesex County, New Jersey. Okay. Um, I'll be playing in an all-90s cover band that night. Oh, jeez. Uh, but also on Friday and tomorrow at midnight, we'll be releasing our second uh, Pay What You Want comp oh, cool. on the website. 25 songs uh, for whatever you feel like paying. Uh, so it's at cordsforcures.org. Okay, so people that aren't in Jersey, Philadelphia, New York can actually be a part of this. Okay. Well, what part of uh, Pennsylvania are you living in? Uh, right outside of Philly, right in the, like, right, basically I'm in Delaware. Like, Delaware. I'm, I'm where Phil, uh, Pennsylvania and Delaware meet on that, Delaware. like, border. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, he, he's the guy who gets beat up in the wire. I grew up in Jersey, him. so we, we talk a lot of crap about Delaware. Because if you live in Jersey, the only state worse than Jersey is Delaware. Is that right? Mm -hmm. But they don't have sales tax. Is that right? Delaware doesn't have sales tax. Yeah, no, they don't have sales taxes. That's the only thing they've got going for right. them. They're like a lightweight, like, uh, Cayman Islands. It's, like, almost <laughs> illegal to run money through there, but not really. You, you can, you can uh, start your start your, your, your company in, in uh, Delaware. And it's like having, like, an offshore account. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I mean, they basically – I mean, they're, like, there's no other reason to live there. Right. So you actually have to create, like, weird financial loopholes. And people are like, yeah, I guess the tax incentives are so good. That's where actually, all the credit card companies are based, yeah, right? But right. they all just have a home office there, and then they all work in real estates. And that's where Fight Club is supposedly set because that's where they blow up all the – In Delaware? Yeah, because they blow up all the credit card buildings at the end. So suppose you never find out where that. it's at, but oh, apparently, really? if you read the book, it's alluded that it's set in Delaware. I wouldn't even know that. I wouldn't think that Delaware huh. even could afford to build buildings. Hey, hey, Matt, are you going to get in on some of that stuff? You know, maybe, maybe start like maybe start like an online casino. You may be able to raise money for the kids a little faster than you playing fr freaking '90s tunes. I mean, I, I got to tell you, when it when it comes to ways to spend my Friday Saturday night, I don't know if that's I mean how I want to spend it. I mean, I, I want to help the kids out, but you got to think about number one every now and then. I mean, what are we talking with the 90s cover band? Are we talking Nirvana, Pearl Jam? Or are we talking like Cranberries and like Lenny Kravitz? Please say Cranberries. It's, we're doing uh, some of the songs in the set include um, Super Bomb Bomb by Soul Coughing, oh, wow. Popular by Natus Nerf. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, That's, those are some deep and, tracks. Those are good. All right. Maybe, maybe it's worth the trip. Uh, the, Knocking in the middle theme song is going to be in there somewhere. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. If you're in the tri-state area, if you're in the tri-state area in two weeks uh, and want to see uh, some some of the most embarrassing humanity you've ever witnessed, while raising money for a good charity and a good cause through the courts for the cure, uh, and they give quarterly quarterly pants to children, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, okay, courtsforacure.com. Am I getting that right? Uh, we got to work. Both of them go to okay. the same site. All right. All right. Get off my phone. Um, 
He's doing something nice for the children. No, he's, he is doing something nice for the children. Um, so I, I, just, I personally yeah. don't know. Like, I felt like corduroys always gave me a lot of static electricity from walking around, and then you touch a metal object to get a shot. I, I love Matt Kelly. He's uh, He's got this thing, Chords for a Cure, where it's different musicians putting out a compilation. Let me tell you about Matt Kelly, though. Uh, we got to figure out how to do this. As he was talking, I was remembering that Matt and I have a project through Geekscape. We've actually been sitting on these tracks. Uh, we've had musicians put together covers of these Muppet songs. Oh, wow. These Henson songs. And the thing that's held it up is we're trying to figure out the legal uh, the legal aspect of releasing these songs as a pay-what-you-want model for charity. And it's, it's, I'm being dead serious with the Geekscape. Is we're sitting on like 18 really nice versions of cover songs from different artists, all doing songs from either the Muppets. We've got uh, the Suburban Legends. They did uh, two songs from Labyrinth. Oh, wow. Which are amazing. and So anything Henson. Yeah, I mean, and, and what's sad is I'm the only person enjoying it on my freaking <laughs> iTunes. Matt and I are the only ones who've heard these freaking songs. Uh, we have talked to the Henson company about their legal and what we would need to clear it to, for distribution. And, and 100% of the proceeds would go to charity. So maybe we'll figure out in the next couple of months how Just to get those songs out there. and then make them, make them force, you, uh, force a charity to shut down. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like exactly. Like make them look bad. But now it's the Disney company. And the Disney company is like Ooh. shutting well, people. Disney owns Henson. Now. Yeah. Well, so Disney owns the Muppets. Owns the Muppets. Uh, Henson yeah. probably owns like Dark Fraggles, Crystal and yeah. Yeah, Henson and still dinosaurs. Owns, yeah, and Mask, right? And and uh, Farscape. Bring it back to the and Farscape. Robots, mask. Remember Farscape? Oh yeah. Farscape yeah, is the shit. Yeah. Farscape. Okay. Jeff, come on, man. Where I thought you were talking far side. So, like, so, oh, they so, own the so far Jeff, side characters? Jeff, this <laughs> isn't just a, a Geekscape. This is an intervention for you. You're not geeky <laughs> enough. And I heard some talking on the set where it was it's like, you know what? I've never heard that, but thank uh, you. Th I mean, the problem is you, you're, uh, you know, you, you were on this. It's a disaster. Opening in three theaters nationwide tomorrow. But next week, it's going to expand to 10 or so. And nationwide. Nationwide. There we go. So you'll be able to see it in, what, Austin, Chicago, Seattle, Miami? Chicago, Seattle, Portland, uh Toronto, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Houston, Toronto. I don't know. Columbus. No, no Texas cities. Where can they actually Texas, go? Where, there's like a ban on Texas. Oh, they just go to it's a disaster. Because in Texas, they're actually worried about like because they are the, like the people who would set off dirty bombs and stuff. They're like, hey, you see that documentary? It's a disaster. I think it's a celebration. <laughs> it's a disaster movie.com. It's a disaster movie.com. Where you can see the list of all the okay. theaters. Great looking website. But if you're in LA or New York right now. You get to see it tomorrow. It's kind of lame, but that's it's always been New York and L.A. have always gotten a leg yeah. up on the rest of the country. Well, they got the most people, so they, the word of mouth, kick it up. You could also watch it right now. What? Uh, Wait, demand. what? It's what? On, it's on iTunes or on demand on your cable system. You guys don't have to wait till it comes near you because right. it may not come near you. Just watch it right now on exactly. the iTunes on demand. We're, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's Why did you mention we that? Want, we want people to see it in the theater, ideally, but if it's not coming towards your town, then see it online. Hey, money's money and a rich man's jokes are always funny. Exactly. Okay. Exactly true. It's the same dollar on iTunes. You're going to get in that theater. We suggest that you actually see it on iTunes and then the full experience in the theater. We suggest you get an iTunes, mm. put it on your iPad, bring the iPad to the theater, and then watch it mm. on the iPad while you're watching. Mm. It's kind of nice. Just what you do is you put it's it on your you iPad. Popcorn. You look down. It's like you can just like and then look back up yeah. the screen. You don't, you don't miss a second. This is what you do. I'm telling you right now. This is a brand new thing. It's a full interactive thing. I think it's going to take going to the theater experience up to another level. Start on your iPad about 30 seconds earlier. You laugh at the jokes before everybody else. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you get everything, and maybe you can run a commentary. You can do your own commentary track. You're watching it with headphones on 30 seconds before anybody else in the theater. Think about that. People are going to want to sit by you. I hope this leads to every screening in the country being ruined over a movie. Yeah. There's a guy, some guy from Geekscape being like, uh-oh. <laughs> Wasn't it? It's be pretty don't funny kiss 30 up. seconds. Don't go outside. Don't let him in. Don't <laughs> was, let him in. Hazmat suit. Ryan Johnson, I believe, right? He released an MP3. Of Looper. That you could put it on your iPhone, go into the movie, and if you start it right when the movie starts, you could listen to his audio commentary in headphones. While you're watching the movie in the theater, guys, I think we're on something. That's pretty genius. Yeah, I think we're on something. So we could release our DVD commentary, like tomorrow. I just think that no one would do that. Who's going to go to the theater for this? I guess because I, I really liked Looper. I don't know if I'd even go to the theater a second time to watch it with director's commentary. It feels like it's more yeah. like an at-home experience. What if you could pay a premium and have the director actually sit next to you? Todd's willing to do it. <laughs> God's you come to Los Feliz 3 in Los Angeles this weekend. We practically are doing that. We're doing yeah. Q&As like every screening For this weekend. For $50, really, I will sit next to you and just talk about whatever you want. It doesn't even have to be the movie. I would almost, it is worth mentioning that David Cross and Julia Stiles will be at the screenings at the Village East. Oh, really? As, yeah. And America Ferrera as And well. America Ferrera. Oh, wow. And so then if you're in New York, Todd, you can do myself, Scott Stockham. And the rest of the cast will be at the LA screenings. So yeah. 
If you want to meet some serious movie stars like ourselves, we'll be there. If you want to meet some serious movie stars, go to New York. If you want to meet these guys, stay here in Los Angeles. That's pretty but close. But if you're really sweaty, don't put your arm around us. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to end up with this uh, with If this you're a cosplayer, you yeah. call it cosplayer. What if people at Comic-Con start cosplaying as you? Oh, my. That would be amazing. What if people at Comic-Con just start kicking you in the pants for being like, yo, you don't know the Alpha Flight. You don't know that they're not. I know the Alpha Flight. I just didn't know that the main character, I guess now it makes sense when you say it. There didn't seem to be a lot of romantic tension between the, the two fast-flying. <laughs> well, she's a girl, too. Yeah, yeah. But um, I always liked the Alpha Flight. I thought that was a great it was a great comic book. Great, we had a, great, a great team. We had a, a writer in here a couple of, uh, weeks ago, uh, Sam. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah he's great. Sam Humphreys is writing a... He's writing a brand new X Men book. He's writing Uncanny X Force, and he said one of the main things I wanted to put in the book is Puck. Oh, so he put put Puck as like part of that team. But the, I think there is this. Uh, what does Puck do? He does cartwheels really fast. Yeah, right? yeah it's really unclear he, what yeah. his power is. He's it's like not... he's like a circus. Hmm? He's like a circus guy. <laughs> so so um, there seems to be now like you know. 20, 30 years after Alpha Flight came out was lame for an entire time. Now there's like this underseated appreciation for in like the people that are now writing comics. They're all our age and they all grew up with Alpha Flight being lame and they're now trying to like redeem them as if they're trying to redeem their own childhoods. They're like, you know what? That stuff did suck when I was a child, but now I'm going to make it cool and I'm going to make all of Alpha Flight awesome. And some of it's working. Like you're starting to see some of the Alpha Flight people at the forefront, like Puck in Uncanny X Force, but you're also. Seeing something that's like a bit of a gimmick when they're like, oh, let's just have the first gay marriage in comics. That stuff can really be a slippery slope because DC this week just announced that they're going to have the first transgender character in comics. Oh, wow. And it's just turning into something where it's like, guys, is comic book sales really <laughs> that dump? Um, I went to the comic store yesterday, as I do every week. And What's your store in L.A.? Uh, Universal over there on uh, on uh, Ventura. Okay. Universal Comics, DJ's Universal. So I go in there, and DC's been doing these Batman books this week with, like, a gatefold cover where you open it up, and there's a second page, and it, like, reveals a mystery. Like, the Batman one is Bruce Wayne pointing a gun, and then you open it up, and he's pointing it at, um, at uh, uh, what's his name, um, Officer Gordon. And you're like, whoa, why would, he, why would Bruce Wayne be pointing a gun at Officer Gordon? Um, and then the one that, that's really the one that's really got the geeks like upset this week is the Batman and Red Robin one, where it's Batman on the cover, and then you open up the gate like the the second cover, and it's the female Robin, and it's completely like the Frank Miller image uh, from Dark Knight Returns. And the curtains match the drapes. And it, well, it's, yeah, she's got the she's got the red head and everything. I mean, she looks like the. Is that what it is? It's nude. She's nude. No, she's not new. You stop with that. Oh, all right. You stop with that. that was the Comic Con's going to be an awful experience for you this summer because people are like, we heard you on Geekscape and you got zero cred. They're just going to like chain themselves like arms, like 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 activists in a forest, oh, and they're not going to let you in. I am. I am is amongst this a, the. Is geeks. this an Elseworlds tale? How did no. They, how did they get her is, into? I, I don't. This is, they just killed the old Robin Damien, who was his son with Talia. They kill a lot of Robins. Yeah, they kill a ton of Robins. Is a bad business to be in. Okay, if you're a Robin, you basically run around with a target on your head. Okay, nobody actually shoots at Batman. You can't hit him. Right. But everybody shoots at the freaking kid in the bright costume. What an idiot. You got the guy who's dressed like a shadow, and then you got this kid who's dressed like a street lamp. Who do you think the bad guy's going to be shooting yeah, at? That's true. Being a Robin, here's why Batman has a Robin. It's not because he's a ward you know, of the state and he needs so. It's not because he sees in Robin the innocence of who he was before the night that his parents were killed. It's, it's none of that garbage. Batman needs a moving target around him at all times, and Robin is that target. Batman is smart, but Batman's also an enormous cheater. So think about how awesome it is for Batman, who totally, before Robin came along, everybody was trying to shoot at him. Yeah. Now he's like, you know what I need? I need a freaking little target running around with me. And we'll give him like really bright colors, like like little shorts and and bright like untanned legs and a red costume and a well, yellow I think, cape. And I think they Batman thought like a ass. bird. It was like, you know, a the Robin in real life, a Robin bird, has a bright color because yes. it intimidates other animals. So maybe that's the theory with Robin. Oh, God, that's a bright colors. I, I'm gonna say. I don't want to get mess with that guy. <laughs> I really. You need to shoot it to stop bigger. It such a, As he continues to talk, he, he, he gives more, more, more credibility to my theory that Batman just wants to be like, hey, shoot at this little bastard. <laughs> that's a lot of primary colors. I'm, this is kind of Is he taller than I think he is? <laughs> There's no way this kid's 12 years old. He'll whip my ass. I ran around the house pretending to be Robin as a kid, and I don't remember. I remember, like, you'd be like, and now I'm going to. Did you have a, you? a Batman with you, or you were just I alone? had, like, you know, Underoos Robin. 
I had like the underoos. No, but did, were you playing with another child? I don't know if I was a lonely kid. <laughs> I don't know anybody who. There was no Batman in my life. No, I, I, no, I understand if you're a brother. I was a Nightwing. I understand if you if you got brothers or like a sister or something like you guys would team up. But if you're a solo child, as I'm guessing the story is going, you would just dress up as Batman, Superman, was, or like no, I'm saying I had low standards for myself. I I dressed up as the secondary character. I would dress That's up as Jimmy Olsen and just take a bunch of pictures of him. <laughs> You're running around taking yeah. photographs? Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. no good. <laughs> hey, I mom. can probably be the good guy's friend. <laughs> hey, Mom, what's for dinner? Meatloaf. Oh, front page exclusive, A+. Plus one. Let's Todd, do it. Todd, don't you want to dress up as Superman? Oh, no, 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 no. I can't I, handle I, I responsibility. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I hey, Todd, this pretend ha- to be someone else. Todd, Halloween's right on the corner. I got you this Batman costume. Burn it. Praise, burn it. I'm not. I'm not worthy to pretend to be him. <laughs> oh man, not, not in your comic books in the attic. You're taking the brunt of it now. It's I think you're. Numbers, I think then. you're actually living in a in a in a. Yeah, there's like a comic book denial. It's like a lifelong comic book denial. I'm. I'm feeling. Well, I look back too on the comic book store that my mom would drop me off at for like five hours on a Saturday. Oh shit. The guy in my recollection. Pandas in the back. I think there's like a decent chance the guy that ran the comic book store was at least like fit the profile of a pedophile. He never approached me or did anything like that. I'm just saying like my mom just dropped me off with this guy with a mustache and thick glasses, and I just hung out for hours at this place. It was basically not a store. It was barely a robin costume at the time. (laughs) Semi robin costume. That would have ruined my. That would have ruined comics for me forever. And he'd kind of push like expensive comic books on you. He'd be like, "You got to get that like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, Number first one, appearance yeah. of Casey Jones." You know, would he push? Hey kid, what about this? No, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He was like, I think he was just a really passive pedophile. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, he was also probably dressed up like a Robin as a kid. He, he was like, you, he waited for you to make the first move. <laughs> is that what it is? He was that passive. He well, played hard to these get. Boys like me. Played hard to get. He gives you the comic, but he doesn't let go of it. He just That's how you know you pedophilia is wrong. Never has a pedophile been approached by a, like a five-year-old boy being like, I kind of like think he's cute. I mean, like, this never happens. Children don't hit on men. So we've won. We've got. So what's going on with Mask? <laughs> Mask was a G.I. Joe Transformers mashup, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, the movie It's a Disaster. No relation to this current show. It opens tomorrow in L.A. and New York. Um, I'm excited to see it, guys. I'm excited to see your second film. We're excited uh, for you to see it. What's the third movie? You guys are trying to work on the next one? We are, mm-hmm. we are working on something. We're not re- releasing the plot details. Because I don't know if you're familiar with this. There's like four end-of-the-world comedies coming out. Yeah, I didn't want to... I mean, I didn't know whether yeah. or not to mention with, oh, with you guys. because Because you guys had this movie a year ago. Yeah, we made the movie... Over a year and a right. half ago, right? And I wrote the script way longer. than We that. shot it before even seeking a friend to the end of the world. Yeah, they're seeking the end of the, uh, this one that's coming out. Uh, this, this is, is the, the end. end, and then you there know? is At World's End with right. Edgar Wright movie. So we're not telling anybody what this next one's about because you know it's going to be one of a kind. We're tired of getting our concept stolen. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Does it does it actually tick you off when you see something like this is the end, or do you think it helps the climate? Oh, like, well, uh, and I mean, in this case, you know, rising tides carry all ships, right? So the, every article that's being written about this is the end is mentioning our movie. Are you serious? Oh yeah, that's fantastic. It's, it's been great. Or there's been a lot of articles about just like you know all the po- apocalyptic comedies. One a reporter. Yeah, we had a nice spread in um, Entertainment Weekly a few weeks ago. He called it apaca comedies, like it's a word now. What? Yeah. Mm. He said, with all the apaca comedies coming out. That's absurd. Yeah. (laughs) No one is is saying that in dinner conversations. But you know, this guy wrote it, and as soon as you wrote it, he's like, I'm going to string my fingers behind my head. He He, he had like four hours straight out. He's like, apaca humor? No, apaca disaster Kamada? No. Yep, Oxford just paid for itself. Yeah. Here we go. Pocket comedy. Everybody's going to run with that one. Well, it's then, good that we're out, coming out before those movies. I'd hate to be like the third one of the summer, and yeah. then people would be like, eh, it's a slow budget And we're going to try to time one. our DVD release, hopefully, around when they're, they're coming out. Why not? So the, Why not? You know. It's a classic apocalyptic comedy you know, strategy. So, so you guys chose to do this instead of a White uh, White House hostage film. Is that is that true? You guys yeah. didn't. Want, I mean, that was a different wave. You guys were flirting with was maybe I, I having Jeff written. save the president. I had the script written. It was called The Best Wing. And, uh, <laughs> I had to put it in the trash. I don't know. We just felt <laughs> Jeff Gray the saves the president. <laughs> I love. So why why isn't Kevin Brennan here? And let me tell you the real quick the Kevin Brennan story. 
I didn't know that you and Kevin that Kevin was part of Vacationeers. I didn't know Kevin was part of it, but this is a little trivia for the Geekscapists. You may not even want to hear this damn thing. Uh, Kevin was a student, was a freshman at UT in Austin when I was a senior in high school. Okay. And he had a rock band, and I used to put on these punk rock shows, and he was a he had a punk rock band, and so I started hanging out with him and his roommate, and Kevin Brennan provided me with the condom I used to lose my virginity. Wow. Yep. Who you can see this weekend, and it's a disaster. So when you see Kevin Brennan on the screen, be like, just remember Kevin Brennan, and be like, you're gonna need this. You know, and, and like Obi Wan giving the second lightsaber. Clear something up. It wasn't with Kevin. Brown. No, it was not. <laughs> that would really. We're gonna need this, me. Jonathan. Strap up. <laughs> I thought it was like that indie movie, The Weekend. Have you seen that one? I thought you were like, oh, like uh, first, you know. Oh, that's no, it's cool. one like, of those things where I like, know you're bisexual, like, but like, it's cool. like, like, like I had a girlfriend, and he's like, so what's gonna go on with the girlfriend? And I'm like, I don't know. You don't oversell it. I'm sure so you had You were in Austin as in high school. I know Kevin from. UT. I went to UT as well. That's where. So it's all coming together. I just assumed you guys knew that connection, but no. 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 Todd, Todd and I literally just met tonight. Yeah, we met before in the, the hallway show before the show. Somewhere in the. Uh, yeah. I know it seems like I know everybody. Right. But I know both nothing and nobody. Hook like, horns. I'm not. Mm-mm. Yeah, hook of horns. Um, guys, the movie is called It's a Disaster. It opens at Los Feliz Three in L.A. If you're in L.A. and then New York, somebody like Big Yanks would love this movie. Big Yanks. I know you're listening right now in New York. Uh, you can go see it in the Village East and also the Nighthawk in Brooklyn if you want to uh, get all the hipsters around. All the you. stars. Well, the Nighthawk, you can order food and beer. Oh, it's like the, the Alamo type yeah, thing? Yeah, it's like an Alamo. That's the best theater. It's, yeah. I mean, that's like if you want the premium, like the Mercedes Benz viewing experience. And I believe the they're actually going to have drink specials based on the movie. What they got to do is have an iPad with playing the movie five, with like. You know, thirty seconds in advance at every single seat. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea. They could do that. I, you know what? Like, I think we unlocked the future today. Yeah, the future of film. You just go to movies in the future, and everyone has their iPads, and then you just go. And well, comments. Did, did you see the article in the LA Times yesterday about the new service for rich people? What? Um, you can pay if you have a home theater. You can pay thirty-five thousand dollars a year, and then for six hundred dollars a movie, you can have first-run movies play in your house. So the example they gave was um, identity, like this rich couple just bought Identity Thief. It's like a Netflix for rich people. So, so anybody who saw that movie did overpay for it? <laughs> and now these people are really overpaying for it. And, and like they've already gotten half the studios on the service. So any given Friday night, whatever's coming out in theaters, you can just watch in your home theater. For the low, low price of $35,000 a year and $600 per movie? Oh, but they interviewed all these rich people who are like, well, that's nothing to me. Like, right. They're like, I spent $35,000. So, you, so you know how the common people have Netflix? They have net pricks. Like, like that, that's really what this is. <laughs> that's really what this is. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, the subscription fee, it's a pittance. It's why we pay on slaves. I love people that are like, honestly... I, I, I'm glad I'm finding places to spend my money. Like I'm glad this expensive <laughs> yeah. service. Is, you can't take it with us. And I'm I mean, not I wish it was to my seventy thousand. I don't know where this money. Is. Where else am I gonna put it all? Wow. So thirty five hundred, thirty five thousand dollars a year, yeah. and then six hundred dollars a movie. Six hundred dollars a movie. And are they watching it by like themselves, or do they have a big like? No, gathering? you can invite people over, but you get to, you, you get can actually for, charge tickets. If you, you get it for like it. four hours or something. It comes through the box, and you get it for four hours, and you can screen it for however many people you want. Or you can sit and watch it alone. Uh, that may be a Nielsen tracking thing to find all the different people who may own humans. <laughs> yeah, or may own corporations in Delaware for right. trafficking humans. I hope someone's paying $600 for the right to see our movie. I hope so, That'd too. That'd be nice. Sure, we sure. Could, we could use the revenue. You know, if the movie does well, what do you, what's going to go on? Like, what, what's happening? If the movie does well, have you gotten some, some offers, some, some word of mouth, maybe uh, getting some meetings here? Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Hopefully, you know, this was a big step up from the Scenesters, our first movie, and then hopefully the next one will be a big How step up. How much did you shoot, guys shoot the Scenesters for? None of your business. Oh, come on now. Oh, come on. Let's play games. <laughs> I know we you shot, guys get your friends together. That movie was shot for uh, $35. Yeah. <laughs> I love the movie, yeah. but... Uh, so you're, you're not really allowed to talk about it oh, because come on. you're investors and All you may be right. committing perjury. Okay, it was five million dollar budget. For that Wait, movie. so I know it doesn't. Oh yeah, show. you're right. It's for, okay. We got it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You the the actual amount you shot it for may not be the amount that you told everyone you shot it for. You Let, only if you're not on the level would you even pull a cop out like it that. It was it was less than. Um, <laughs> you don't was, have to tell me honestly. If you want to play this shell game with your investors, it's for fine. the scenesters. It was more than the Blair Witch Project, but it was less than Avatar. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that puts it in the neighborhood. That the Caesars, uh, no. The thing is, you don't, you, everyone's coy about it because they don't want the distributors to know what they paid for. So they <laughs> right. just offer you that. Right. Like, oh, well, if you're, you know, so 
But I think everyone's gotten pretty good at like. Usually, you can tell how much a movie is made for. Although sometimes I'll see indies and they're like, yeah, we shot that for eight million dollars. Like, what? Like, really? Well, the good news how? is how the people here, the people here at Toad Hop, pay me a million dollars an episode. Nice. So if you want me to come to your uh, network and maybe do Geekscape over there, you got to up the price beyond a million dollars. That seems reasonable. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you must have at least what a few hundred followers. Uh, thirty-eight. 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 Nice. Thirty-eight. Yeah, the I'm, metrics uh, pay out when you. I'm the Howard Stern of podcasting when you think about it. <laughs> Really, the the geek of all media, um, guys. Everything we talked about here, you it's can find on, Yeah, it's confidential. You can find it on Geekscape.net. You can also befriend us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We'll be our friends. I'm at Jonathan London on Twitter. Uh, Todd Berger directed this movie. It's a disaster, starring Jeff Grace over here again. You can see it in Los Angeles and New York this weekend, uh, starting tomorrow. You can also see it in ten more cities next week. For all the information, you want to check out the website. It's a disastermovie.com. Guys, you're going to want to see this movie. Let's watch it this weekend. We'll see you guys next week. For Kenny Craig, I'm Jonathan Lennon. Peace. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.